How to Find Purpose in Your Pain by Being Willing to Share Your Story. With the author of Walk Beside Me, Christine Handy, on episode number 191 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. I was able to kind of get myself out of those old habits. And that's how I got myself out of it. And ever since I was well, I took my story and I decided to write a book and I decided to teach people, you know, kind of from my mistakes, what not to do. Don't depend on the external accolades. Don't depend on materialism. That's fleeting. That's building your life on sand. We need a better platform. I needed to build my life on concrete, which for me is faith in God. Hi, this is Dr. Shani Fox, physician, cancer survivorship expert, and author of the Cancer Survivors Fear First Aid Kit. I help survivors get back in charge of their lives so they can live with extraordinary wellness and joy. On the Beyond Adversity podcast, Dr. Brad Miller helps you to crush adversity and create a life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful. And this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, good people. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. What a pleasure and a privilege it is to have you join me today as we continue to seek to find the pathway to help you to navigate adversity in your life and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. We'd like to say we like to help you to grow through what you go through. At drbradmiller.com, we have over 190 episodes of this podcast, all designed to help you to navigate depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death. On today's episode, we're talking to a person who seemingly had it all. Her life was cruising along, a beautiful uh, model and mother of two, and life was going along pretty good. And then, as happens with many of us, she got that terrible diagnosis of a major health issue. She had cancer. And this put her life into a tailspin and revealed depression and inner insecurities and uh, other aspects of her family life and her dynamic life, which put her in a bad place. In our conversation today with Christine Handy, you're going to learn about her situation she found herself in. You're going to feel that pain. You're going to feel that depression. You're going to feel that sense of loss, but you're also going to feel the the process that she used. You're going to learn what she used to come back from that. You'll learn how she began to trust friends, both physical friends and friends on an angelic plane and other people to help care for her. She learned to trust God and to serve others, to take action to reinvigorate her writing career and to be a humanitarian. It led her to writing the book, Walk Beside Me. We're going to hear about her book and about her life on today's podcast here on episode number 191 of the Beyond Adversity podcast. 
You can find her at ChristineHandy.com, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-H-E-N-D-Y.com. Her name is Christine Handy. We welcome her to our guest today on the Beyond Adversity podcast. Christine Handy, our guest here today. She has had her share of challenges in her life. She's also had her share of upsides in her life. And she tells her story in her upcoming, in her book that's out now called Walk Beside Me. I'm going to let her unpack her story, but we are certainly glad to have with us on the Beyond Adversity today, Christine Handy. Christine, welcome to Beyond Adversity. Thank you. I've definitely had my share. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's, I mean, awesome that you've had your share of challenges, but even more awesome that you found your way through those things. And so let's just get into this a little bit here, Christine. It seemed like you had your life cruising along pretty good in, in your life when some dark times happened. And let's just go, let's just hear your story Start a little there. bit about, okay. Yeah. So I thought I was having, I thought my life was cruising along very well. But there was a part of me from, you know, mid-20s where I thought there's something missing. And so when I started to have my first health challenge, which was a colon resection when I was 35, and that colon resection is a major surgery. But what happened during the surgery was the doctor nicked a vein in my pelvis. And because I was a model and because I had made it kind of a big deal to him to be very careful with the, the scars and the surgery, he was a bit timid when he nicked a vein in my pelvis to open me up even wider because of scar issues. Ultimately, he had to open me from hip to hip because the bleeding was out of control. And when I woke up from that surgery, I had a port in my neck and I had been on my second blood transfusion. So that was kind of my first brush with death, so to speak, and a long recovery. Now, I, I started modeling when I was very young, and that was a very glamorous and a very external accolade life. But what I was missing, the, the parts of my childhood that were missing were the, were the parts where I was learning how to develop the inside self-esteem, self-worth, self-love, you know, dependence on faith, spirituality versus materialism, external looks, those types of things. And I missed that whole chapter of my life. So fast forward to 35, I have a colon resection. You know, I start to go, wait, what's missing here? Because this feels really bad. You know, and, and then by 41, I had a torn ligament, in my right wrist, which again is surgery, but not that big of a deal. And I woke up from that surgery and things seemed to be fine. And about six weeks later, when the cast came off, I had so such severe swelling and grotesque pain that I called my doctor and said, there's something really wrong here. For several months after that call, he bullied me, emotionally bullied me. And told me that the pain and swelling that was I was experiencing was really going on just in my head. Like there was a misfire between my brain and my limb. In this case, it was my right arm. And ultimately, I found enough courage after being bullied for months to go see another physician for a second opinion. And within hours, I was in emergency surgery because what I did have the whole time was an infection called osteomyelitis in my bones in my wrist. And by the time the doctor went in, all the bones in my wrist were destroyed. And ultimately, my arm was fused. And six weeks after my arm was fused, I was diagnosed with an aggressive form of breast cancer. So I had like the trifecta, health, crazy, one thing after another with, you know, 
severe consequences. And so that's kind of a little bit about the trauma. Mm -hmm. And and just to set the framework just a little bit, you had had some some pretty good success in the modeling world and some other areas of that before all these health related issues came crashing down on you. You had a, you were in a pretty good place. Is that correct? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I was married. I had two young kids, you know, I think to the world, my life looked perfect, right? I was beautiful and successful and I modeled all over the world and, and I've been modeling. I'm still a model. I'm actually walking in New York fashion week in the spring. But my, I was a working model. You know, I was in the catalog, JCPenney, Neiman's, Dillard's. I was a catalog girl. And that was my bread and butter. And I did very well. And so, you know, the idea of a scar was very frightening to me. Uh, little did I know that that was the least of my worries was a scar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it, and you're it literally, was, your yeah. physical scar was very frightening to you. You were scared oh, about yeah. that. Oh, yeah. 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 Because yeah. that was a part of your livelihood, you know, with your yes. physical parents, right? So. Not just my livelihood, but it was my, my whole dependence on my exterior was. Your identity was, was there. Yeah. That was my lifeline. Yeah. Okay. False idol. So. So you've had all these health challenges then, and I have to assume that had some impact in your personal life and business, all kinds of things. I, I would uh, imagine that uh, yes. that it did. And a lot of people, you know, Christine, when they have bad things happen to them, health related, relationship issue, uh, financial reversal, whatever it is, they get stuck. You know, they oh, yeah. or they go into a downward downward spiral, yes. and that's a problem. Yes, you're here today because you may have been in that dark place for a while, but you didn't stay there. Yeah. What were some of the steps that you took out of that place? You know, you mentioned being bullied. You mentioned health issues. You mentioned some inclination towards a kind of a dark place, depression, and so on. What are some of the steps that you took? some of the actions that you took to start to break out of that spiral? Well, when I had some quiet time, which was a fair amount during chemotherapy, because although you have a lot of people around you, hopefully, you know, there's a lot of moments where you're sick in the bathroom or, you know, in bed, sleeping or resting or trying to sleep, where for me, it was a time of introspection. I, I, took, a, I took a look at my life for the past 40 years that I just lived in. I was like, why is this not working? And so I spent that time while sick trying to figure out how to live a life that was different and where did I mess it up? And the thing that really resonated with me was like, my self-esteem was not good. It was destroyed. And, and I'm not blaming anybody or any industry on it. It was my responsibility to nurture my self-esteem. But once I was able to start nurturing my self-esteem during this time, right, and during this transition... Then I started to make different choices about my life. I started to make different choices about who I was surrounding myself with, what I was listening. Like, listen, when I was, you know, 30 and modeling and had all these amazing friends and the success and these young kids and, and beauty and all these things, when my friends would ask me, do you want to go to a Bible study? I would say, no, I don't have time. I need to go to a yoga class. Mm -hmm. So my my focus was not on faith. My focus was on external things, right? External accolades, materialism, working out, trying to keep my body fit. And, but it was also, it wasn't for anything other than myself, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it was for my job or for, it was self-serving. And so when I was going through chemotherapy, I was, I thought to myself, this isn't working. The self-serving isn't working and it's not filling me up. It doesn't feel whole. And so when I started to serve, and I started to lead by example, meaning I started to show up for myself. And then what that showed was my family and my friends, like she's got courage. 
she's got courage under fire. And what does this look like? And so I started to lead in a way that was serving others, but also serving myself. And so I developed a better self-esteem. I started to make better decisions for myself. I didn't allow people to talk like a bully. I didn't allow a bully anymore in my life. And, and because of those, because of those past mistakes, I was able to not get into the mode of paralysis where I was stuck. I went into an opposite one, totally 180 and decided I'm going to change this. I'm going to change this cycle, but that takes a lot of courage, right? And a lot of introspection. And so while I was doing that, and while I was nurturing my self-esteem, I was able to kind of get myself out of those old habits. And that's how I got myself out of it. And ever since I was well, I took my story and I decided to write a book and I decided to teach people, you know, kind of from my mistakes, what not to do. Don't depend on the external accolades. Don't depend on materialism. That's fleeting. That's building your life on sand. We need a better platform. I needed to build my life on concrete, which for me is faith in God. Yeah. Well, let's go there in just a second here, but just want to clarify some of the things I heard from you, Christine, and help me affirm or uh, or not what I'm hearing. You said some of the actions that you took were going inward to really reflect on what was happening to you, because before you were just kind of so busy and so focused on the surface level, you had to go inward. You chose to write, you chose to break old habits and start new habits, and you chose to teach others And and you also, part of that teaching was to serve others. Is that accurate in what I'm hearing you say and some of the actions that that you took? Yeah. So I just started to walk through life differently. Mm -hmm. I started to try to figure out a way that I could inspire and help lead other people. And for that, I love to write. I'd never been a writer before, but I thought, okay, I'll start this new craft. Actually, right now I go to Harvard. I'm getting my master's degree in writing. And so I wanted to take that even a step further and get better at it. So I wrote the book. And I always said to, you know, as, as far as like my faith, I would say, okay, God, if you want this book out, get it out. Like it's your purpose. It's your will, not mine. And so I decided that it wasn't in my control so much anymore. It was in God's control. And so I was just a facilitator. And if it was going to be successful, if it was going to help other people, that's what, you know, he was going to do. And so I started to write and I started to just choose differently. I started to talk to myself better. I started to change who I was surrounding myself with, you know, relationally. And I just started to choose, you know, what I looked at, what I listened to. Yes. And then, and then everything in my life changed. I wasn't so dependent on the bags and the materialism. I wasn't so dependent on the external accolades, which is really hard in a day like today where we're dependent on social media. And so I think my message is so important because so many people look at social media and they go, oh, well, her life's perfect or her life is better than mine. And, and there's this whole world of comparison. Yes. And I, and I'm out and I'm out there screaming from the rooftops. Like that's not how you live your life. You, you can't tell what's going on inside of somebody. Everybody's mm-hmm. got a story and there's no way that, I mean, people wouldn't look at me and say, Oh, that girl's been through 28 rounds of chemo, 23 non-elective surgery. That girl's not in chronic pain. And I am. Right. Yes. So we can't well, judge and compare. Well, you, you touch on some really important things here. And what you're talking about is kind of the, the connect or the disconnect between the physical and, and the spiritual and the, and the inner life. And as much as a true life transformation takes place, not only on the exterior, you know, 
but also on the inner life and choosing to make a connection there. And you've mentioned your faith journey a a little bit here already. And I'm just a big believer that to have true transformation, you got to have the the outward thing, which is kind of the physical, taking the action, that kind of stuff. But you have to connect with a higher power. And uh, tell us a little bit about your background that way, if you had any faith background. And then what, when you did make some choices here to go, you know, you mentioned some people invited you to Bible studies, things like this. What were some of the ways that you did connect to uh, to a faith journey or something greater than self, greater than surface, that were part of your transformation process, your faith story here? Well, and also greater than this world, what this world could offer. So I started to... I mean, I was raised Catholic, so I always believed in God, but I believed in myself more. I believed that I was in control more than God because I hadn't really learned faith from another perspective other than Catholicism, which, by the way, for me, inflicted a lot of shame. And so I kind of left Catholicism. And when I was in my 30s and my friends who were Christians would invite me into that you know, Catholicism is Christianity, but it's, it's right. you know, theirs was a little bit different. And so when they invited me into that, I was a little bit hesitant because I thought, I've got this. I've got a career. I've got a family. I've got a life. I've got, you know, resources. I'm good. And what I was more comfortable laying on my yoga mat, trying to center myself than going, than speaking to God, like in a prayer mm-hmm. way. Well, when everything unraveled, right, when everything was stripped away, including my beauty, everything that I was dependent on, everything that I thought I had control over, when that, when I was that completely taken away, like stripped completely away, I was like, what's left, right? If, if I was like, oh, there's no way I'm in control here. And so I was led to a higher power. And I had a choice, right? I could have gone right back to materialism. I could have gone right back to the false idols. But I was like, that didn't work for me. And mm-hmm. so I chose differently and it's been profoundly like the profoundly different in my life. I'm in chronic pain. I'm in constant pain, but I, and I felt great happiness in my life before cancer, but I feel joy now because the act of serving, the act of giving that's joy, right? That brings me joy. Hmm. Well, that's awesome. And that also indicates how this transformation took place by the choices that you made to connect to God, to faith, to a higher power, and to choose these different approaches to to maybe what you grew up with or where you were so centered on self, you know, on your self-value, and you were looking for some ways to enhance that. Yoga, nothing wrong with yoga, but you understand the the whole meditation thing is part. They only go so far. In my belief, it has to have the meditation, which has to lead us. To, right. uh, to the Holy Spirit in, in our life, which can fulfill us ultimately. And uh, so th- that's awesome. I thank you for sharing. And that takes some courage to, to share that, especially coming yeah. out of a, a background that's kind of centered on uh, something different than that. Yeah. Right. Let's talk, let's talk for a minute, Christine, about how these new habits, these new, I, I want to talk here about the change of mind. And what I'm talking about here is habits, disciplines, mm-hmm. patterns of life that you may have done. You know, some people talk about journaling, for instance, or a whole different ways of approaching things. Uh, what changed for you and what, how were these kind of these new cognitive patterns imprinted upon you now compared to where you're at now? What are some of your habits that you have now? Well, I think so much of it the choices that I make and the habits that I have are dependent on my self-esteem. 
So when I had a very low self-esteem and I had built my life on sand, the choices that I made were to impress people because I needed those accolades, right? And so my choice would be to maybe go out to a lunch and have my friends tell me how pretty I am and get dressed up versus now where I'd rather be interviewed. I'd rather be on social media talking about my story to help other people. I'd rather go to school and study at Harvard than go out to a gala or a function. I'd rather model with a flat concave chest because I had breast cancer than model with, you know, the chest and the beauty that I had before, because now it's a story. Now I'm trying to help the people that have a concave chest or flat chest and say to them, this is just as beautiful. It's just different. But that stems from a solid self-esteem, right? My self-esteem is rooted in faith. It's not rooted in this world. And so the choices that I make are completely different. I mean, I've had to re- I had I've had to sadly release a lot of relationships because those relationships that I was dependent on, a lot of them were were feeding that low self esteem. Right? Mm-hmm. We cover ourselves with people many times that where if we're feeling bad about ourselves, the people around us are making us feel bad. And it was a choice for me to get myself out of that. Yeah, I can't blame it on them. No, of course not. Of course not. But. There are such things as helpful and unhelpful relationships, and there are even toxic relationships, and there are even uh, seasons of relationships, you know, where it's good for our season, but something new comes into our life. And so let's go there for a minute. This is the emotional part, I believe, kind of what the teaching I do uh, regarding transformation means that you got to have a spiritual element, you got to have a physical element, you got to have a cognitive mental element, but you also have to have that emotional element, which most often connects to or relates to other people in your life. So you mentioned how you had to let some people kind of go in your life. And you mentioned kind of a bad relationship with the doctor that uh, was a part of the bullying. And that's, I believe that's, if we get a little deeper in that, that's probably some sort of a story there with other bullying type episodes, perhaps. But let's talk about the power of relationships for healing and for wholeness and for transformation. Who came to who came alongside you or perhaps what, who were mentors in your life or maybe what were some influences that helped you in this emotional part of this, this journey? And then we're, we'll talk a little bit about how that with yeah. the next steps on that in a minute, but let's go there for a second. So it's interesting that you asked that because those same people that were asking me to go to Bible studies, they're the ones that showed up when I was diagnosed with cancer. Mm, There's, awesome. They're the ones that made this, calendar of people to show up at my house every single day because I was paralyzed for about the first month when I had cancer. I had just come off with come off of this terrible situation that happened to my arm. And then I was diagnosed with cancer and I was like, I quit. My life is not worth living. I'm it's over. And so they came and they, they surrounded me every day with love and, and compassion and faith. And they listened to me. They listened to the darkness and they used to, they used to tell me, they used to say, This mountain of women, they used to say, not only will we never forsake you, God will never forsake you, and there will be purpose in this story. And after a while, I started to believe them. And they kept showing up. And I used to say to them, why would you show up for me? I can't offer you anything. Mm. Because, right, I used to live in this transactional world. Yes. And, And they would say to me, we're not looking for anything. We're just being the hands and the feet of God. And... I used to say, well, this is another season of pain. This is the third season of pain. And that didn't bother them. And so I saw them show up and I, and they, they modeled for me what I was ultimately going to do. Right. So they were my teachers. 
And it wasn't anything of, it didn't take anything from their life for them to serve me, to use their resources to help me and my family. And I was watching this going, wow, like I've lived this life of self-involvement and that was not fulfilling. And now these women are giving up so much of themselves and it's fulfilling. I just needed a different you know, perspective and they taught me that. Mm-hmm. And so had my friends not shown up for me in that way, I'm not sure that I would have completely changed. I, they were definitely the leaders of the pack. And so, but then they said to me, when your journey is done, then you will do this for other people. And I took that job very seriously. Yes. And we're going to get into that in just a second, but I just want to key on one key phrase that you said there, Christine, that I think is so important. That is fulfilling, fulfilling yeah. that prior to this, what the story you painted for us was, it was less than fulfilling. And now with your friends and with your faith and the actions that you took, you had much more fulfillment in life and or a meaningfulness. And I, I just believe that we live in a, a time where uh, meaninglessness is toxic and is, yeah. you know, you know, a pandemic of its own right. We've dealt with the physical pandemic of COVID. Yeah. But we have a pandemic of people with depression and all kinds of things, of, which has meaninglessness. Yeah. And that's why some of what you share, you know, you share from this perspective, you know, you come from this modeling background and some success and so on. And now you're sharing your story to others because others have surrounded you. So let's talk about that for a minute. You've written a book called Walk Beside Me. And I love that title, by the way, because mm-hmm. it kind of tells me a little bit about those friends that you had and your faith and that kind of thing, even in, in, even in, in, even in the title. Who did you write this book for and what's it all about? I think the, originally the reason I wrote it was to show female relationships, the unity of female relationships and how powerful, how life-saving those could be. It was almost like a love letter to my friend saying, you know, thank you and let's teach other people. But there's so many other things that came out of that book because I was so vulnerable in sharing my story that people felt like they weren't so alone in their pain. And a lot of people read my book and said, wow, if she can get through that, I can get through what I'm going through. And so it's had a grand effect in many other ways. But I think that's originally the reason I wrote it. Mm hmm. And when people pick up this book, what are they going to find? What are they going to learn? Because I think there's, you know, obviously a lot of parallels to your life. But what are they going to learn that maybe apply to their life? Well, I think it's an important story because of the transformation, right? You see this person that looked like to the world, had a very successful life, but really was so empty. And then you see all this pain and all this trauma. And you see how she reacted and how she changed. And so I think all of us, there's nobody that will not have trauma, right? We're not immune to trauma. And so I think it's an important message so people can look at it and go, okay, well, after the trauma, after the chronic pain, after the diagnosis, there's hope. And, and what does that look like, right? And so it's a, it's a narrative. It's a, it's a fictional story of my life, but it's the good and the bad and the ugly. And so it's not a story like social media where it just paints one picture of, oh, look at all my friends. They showed up and look at how beautiful life is. It's, no, these, this is what happened on the darkest days. This is how I got through it. And this is what it looks like on the other side. And it's messy. <laughs> yes. And it's a process. It's a, you, you, it's not an instantaneous thing. You know, you, it's not a, you know, there's no magic uh, thing here. It's not like 
you know, putting on makeup or putting on a new outfit or anything where it's just surface kind of thing. It's a process. Right. And you mentioned, you know, the healing process, just the physical healing process. When you have massive surgery and things like that, you just don't get over it overnight. You, it's a process. And, and so let's talk about that process here for a second in terms of the influence that you've had on people. You mentioned here, Christine, about how, you know, things were cruising along, then you had these massive health issues and low self-esteem and so on. And the, 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 the things that you did to break out of that and you're surrounded by friends and your faith and so on. And that's awesome. Now you've written this book and you've got some other things on your website, christinehandy.com, which people are going to find helpful. But I'm interested uh, right now, Christine, and if how you how you're teaching you you've mentioned being sharing your story and serving others, how your story has influenced other people. You know, you've mentioned people come around you. Tell us a story or some sort of a testimonial about either through your book or through your teaching or through maybe just someone you've had some influence on that you've seen someone who's kind of had a their own aha moment, their own uh, moment yeah. where you touched their life. Tell us about that. Well, I have many, but I'll, I do like this one in particular. So I speak in the prison system in the state of Florida, which is where I live. And ironically, I was only hired to speak in male prisons, which I thought originally when I was speaking in male prisons, what, what could I possibly bring to the table? And so my message is a story of hope. And so I would speak at this one particular prison. And there was probably 800 inmates that would come listen to me. I've, I did it like three times at this particular one. And you know, they can, prisoners can email you if you allow them through this app. And so this one particular prisoner would email me and he, he just took a liking to my story and he was on his own faith journey and he was getting out of prison after he had seen me. And so when he got out of prison, he reached out to me on social media and he said, would you meet me at this pizza place? I have this idea that we could collaborate on doing something together. And I was like, sure, no problem. So I had a lot of people who I said, oh, I'm going to meet this prisoner at this pizza place. And they said, don't do that. That's dangerous or whatever, right? Like that's the world's view of sure. somebody coming out of prison. And I was like, that's ridiculous. Like, aren't we supposed to for forgive? And aren't we supposed to be accepting? And why are we judging and all these other things? So I meant, went to meet with this gentleman and I got there and he was dressed in a suit and he had a, a briefcase. And he opened up his briefcase and he had all these ideas. He had all journaled all these ideas about starting a nonprofit in the town, city of Palm Beach County, and how to change the rate of recidivism. And he had an idea. And he said, I think you can help me do this. And so fast forward three years, we have a thriving, functioning nonprofit with 12 board members. And we are literally changing the focus of, you know, men who are getting out of prison system in Palm Beach County, and we are changing the landscape of recidivism. Well, that isn't, that's awesome, because that just share that tells us that this has, even now, your journey hasn't been just for you either. It's been for others. That's that's yeah. why you've written a book. You have this nonprofit that you've mentioned here that you're All working right. with. And now you've got, you're working on a, uh, a film that, uh, yeah. a story of your life that'll come out uh, whenever it comes out. But there's some cool things happening with you. And and that that's an awesome, awesome thing. But the journey doesn't stop, does it? It's an ongoing process. It doesn't stop, especially when, you know, when you're faced with trauma and listen, all this sounds really easy and fine. It's not like you said, it's a process and it takes a lot of time to change your, to change your focus, right? Which mine was different before 
takes a lot of time, a lot of patience and a lot of difficult choices. It's worth it. But you, again, you, you lose like certain people in your life, but it's also, it's, you end up trying to figure out your own life and it takes a lot of time and you end up being alone in that space a long time. And so for me, it was, you know, you don't, faith-based journeys are not always the easiest choice, right? Right. Uh, you know, cause what the world tells us is just go buy this or just go watch this <laughs> or just go right. do this. Or if you get this many likes or this many comments on social media, everything will be okay. But okay. I already knew, I knew that wasn't the case. There's no easy button, is there? No, like that one commercial used to be, there's no being easy, easy. button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and working on your self-esteem is hard. And I still work on mine every day. And it's a process. And self-talk is hard because we have to really stop and take our thoughts captive and go, did I just say that about myself? <laughs> um, but you have to know that in order to stop them. Yeah. And knowing is a big, big part of it. And I are the audience of Beyond Adversity is folks who have had their challenges in life, and but they want to get better. They want to break yeah. out. They want to do something different about it. They don't want to stay stuck or in that downward spiral. Let's just say you're talking to, to a woman right now and on the, who's listening to our voices who just uh, needs a little bit of encouragement or needs a little different direction. What can they learn from, from Christine, maybe from the resources you have on your website or from your book? What kind of things can they learn from you to be helpful to them if they're in a, in a, their own dark place? Well, I like to say this a lot because this is true, but there is no U-Haul behind the hearse. Hmm. And so if you're focused on the things and you think that's going to bring value to your life, I would get rid of those, that thought and that, mentality and that focus. You know, I still feel paralyzed in some ways. Some days I, I do get anxious about getting cancer back and, and that exists in my life. But when I have those thoughts or when I have those fears or I, I go back into that anxiety, I literally stop myself and say, let go and let God. Hmm. And again, it's not a simple equation, but the more you do it, the more habit based it becomes. And so your life, I'm not saying that my life doesn't have adversity. It does. It has a lot of trauma still. I have, I have chronic pain. But my focus is that as long as it remains on scripture-based things, as long as I'm pouring into serving other people and teaching and leading, then I'm good with myself. And I can sleep easier at night. And the anxiety, it's not that goes away completely, but it lessens. So what the, what is that person going to find at, uh, at your website? Or how's the best way that person can find out more about you? Well, my website offers a lot of interviews and motivational speeches that I've done that are just teaching people, you know, kind of what I've learned and how I've done it. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they can take some value adds from that. I, you know, I, I, I don't like push my book on anyone because some people don't like to read and they get it better from audio stuff. So, you know, just doing what you're doing is incredible because you're offering up stories of people who have real life issues and trauma and, and, and that makes somebody not feel so alone in their own difficulties. Well, that that's awesome for you to share that. And I will just share then that your, your website is christinehandy.com, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-H-A-N-D-Y.com. Lots of great resources there that you provide. And, and you've got Thank a great you. story to tell and needs to be told. It needs to be, it needs to be told. And I'll just, you know, something that just struck me just, um, 
today, when I was looking through some of my own social media, Facebook and that type of thing, a person that I know was dealing with a family member, a young woman who was dealing with depression and considering ending her life. And this was kind of a cry for help from a parent and this type of thing. Don't know the whole story, but I would not be surprised at all if there, you know, is, you know, social media and Instagram and all kinds of stuff involved with that. And so we just need perspective. You know, you got to have perspective that in occasionally to get perspective, we have to be brought down a notch or two in order to build ourselves up. And that's your story. And I appreciate your story. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Yes. Our guest today on Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller has been the author of Walk Beside Me, Christine Handy. Thank you for being our guest today on Beyond Adversity. All right. Well, what, a, what an inspiring conversation with Christine Handy from ChristineHandy.com. I always like to recap our conversation about you know, what you felt, what you learned, and now what you can do about it, the application to your life. And I think you heard her story about things are cruising along pretty good and then got this cancer diagnosis. And that could send any of us into a problematic area and revealed some insecurities and depression and things like that. We heard what she did about it, started writing, started trusting God more, trusting friends, and to take action in her life. And writing helped her do that with her book, uh, walk beside me. So let's talk for a minute about what you can do in your life. Here's what I would give to, to you from our conversation with Christine Handy to apply to your life. Serving others is a way to heal yourself. It's not about profit. It's not about anything physical. It's not about looks. It's about you and about how you can give to others, especially if they're somewhat similar situations to, to you. In that process, Christine talks about how God came along beside her and friends and angels came along beside her and how she is coming along beside you. So her website, ChristineHandy.com, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-H-A-N-D-Y.com. We'll put uh, links to that in our show notes at drbradmiller.com. You're going to find lots of helpful and inspirational things. You're going to find hope and comfort and inspiration and uh, some uh, a synopsis of her book, uh, Walk Beside Me. And you can get connections to that book as well. Helpful, helpful information from Christine Handy. And I commend her to you. My name is Dr. Brad Miller, and here on the Beyond Adversity Podcast, we're all about being helpful to you to navigate adversity in your life. We talk to great authors who've overcome and other people who overcome great adversity in their life. We call it the five D's, depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death. And we help you to manage that. Going over to drbradmiller.com, we have over 190 episodes of this podcast and a free gift for you there that can be helpful to you. I like to teach my own process as well that you might find helpful. We'll see you again next week here on the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Always check us out at drbradmiller.com on Apple Podcast and all the other directories. And please, 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 if you like what you hear, share it with somebody else. Until the next time we gather, friends, always do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. 
or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.